Welcome to Pressure Points. I'm Gene Munster. Our topic today is OpenAI's Dev Day that took place a couple days ago. The significance of it is meaningful. And given we're going to be talking about this for months to come, it is still relevant to have a conversation about what the key takeaways were. And before we get into it, I want to mention I, along with most people who are following the storyline, agree that OpenAI is the most exciting tech company. That is a high bar in my book, given I think of things like Apple and what they're doing with Vision Pro and spatial computing, which will be out March-ish of next year, what Tesla is doing with autonomy, which will be out, let's say, March-ish of 2026. And ultimately, if anything comes out of Optimus Prime, we'll call that 2030. But what is unique about what OpenAI is doing, those products and innovations are happening today. So that's why it reaches the criteria for pressure points. And before we get into the three pressure points, I want to mention, too, is that after the event, there's been some criticism of ChatGPT relative to hallucinations. And these, of course, are relatively common amongst generative AI. They happen anywhere from 10 to 20 percent of the queries. You'll get some noise in the data. And my sense is, well, it makes good theater in the near term. It really doesn't matter in the long term. In one, three or five years from now, these models are going to become so much more advanced. The frequency of hallucinations will be insignificant. And so I'm able to look past those and look at what the three pressure points were from the dev uh, day. And the first was ChatGPT Builder, and this is available today. This basically allows people who are less technical to build uh, interactive, to build a generative uh, chatbot. And the idea is the last nine months, most of the action around what's going on with chatbots has been from larger companies that have more advanced developers. And what uh, GPT um, Builder will allow is for less technical people, maybe even regular people to do this. And they demoed it and it had an interface that was drag and drop or check a box that allows you to relatively easy train a model off of a, a document that you may have. And they basically create this and then you would add that model to a website. The use case may be, think of a company that maybe sells cleaning supplies and they have questions that they get from people about how to get different kinds of stains out. Today, they, they message with a person through a bot. This, these smaller companies may not have the resources to build a big chat bot like Clorox might, but they can do this now by just essentially training the bot off of a manual that the regular people are using today. Exciting opportunity really to add more generative bots to the masses. The second was GPT Store. And the idea here is that OpenAI is going to have a platform where you can download code. Typically, it would be like a link that you'd insert in a website, and you'd pay for that. And then OpenAI would take a revenue cut, and the developer takes a cut. And I haven't been able to figure out what the revenue split is, but my guess is it's going to be more favorable to the developer than what Apple has talked about, just because they tend to be more, OpenAI tends to be more developer friendly. And so I think that uh, that is important in itself. But beyond the idea that they're opening up a app store, again, this is mostly gonna be for browser-based. Uh, beyond that, I think it, it begs a bigger question, which is 
what is OpenAI going to do in the hardware space? And just like when Apple came out with the phone and then later came out with the App Store to really unlock the value of the phone, I think there's an opportunity for ChatGPT to come out with these models and then also follow up with some hardware, whether it's a phone or a computer or a tablet, or even licensing some of the ability to interact with their their bots to other devices, a refrigerator, a toaster, a car, to be able to license that, similar to what Apple did with the Made for Eye program. That ability is a new revenue opportunity for OpenAI. And I wanna also stress that I don't see OpenAI wanting to compete directly with Apple. I could see them coming out with a phone, a computer, a tablet, as I mentioned, but I don't think that they want to dominate the market share. This is a similar roadmap. Doug Clinton from uh, Deepwater and I were just discussing this, this opportunity for companies uh, like OpenAI to do take a page out of Google's book when they came out with Nexus. This was even before the Pixel to try to really drive the show the best case, the hero case around what a phone could do, show Samsung what they can do. I think OpenAI has an opportunity to do that later. So the second pressure point is related to the store, ChatGPT store, and what that ultimately means for what OpenAI may do in hardware. And the third was epiphany uh, Mike Olson from our team had when we were uh, watching the Dev Day and at one point, there was a demo for this work automation tool, Zapier. And the woman that was demoing uh, the, the, the product showed uh, she was on a Mac and she was inside a Google Chrome browser. And that was connected to Azure and running a ChatGPT uh, chatbot. And it just dawned on us like... Uh, snap that frame like this is how you invest in in AI today essentially these big companies I mean their grip that they've had on us for the last 10 plus years it's already starting and already early when it comes to AI and so I think those companies are well positioned deep water uh, we do own Google and uh, that I think there's just an opportunity for these big companies to continue uh, like it or not, to have an outsized benefit, at least in the near term, when it comes to AI. So those are the three pressure points from Dev Day. It's a lot of fun, and this is a topic that's going to keep giving, so we'll be back reporting more on it. On behalf of Deepwater, I'm Gene. Bye for now.